Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back, Solar Warrior, and bienvenido a otro episodio de Suncast. You know, I'm thrilled that you've chosen to spend this time with me as always, and I do hope that you find value in today's timely episode. If you're at all familiar with the Mexico market, then you've no doubt heard of the Mexico International Renewable Energy Congress, or maybe you just know it as MIREC or MIREC Week. Like many of you, I'll be headed to Mexico City next week to participate in what is essentially the Solar Power International of Mexico. So I thought it'd be a good time and timely to tell you both about the conference, as well as a bit about why you might be interested in Mexico's market at all. We did an episode, by the way, with Jose Jove a few weeks ago from Prana Power that does an excellent job, and we reference it in one of the uh, segments today on giving you an overview of the Mexico market and kind of state of the, of the market. So I would encourage you to go listen to that episode as well. Today's guests are Jamie Dowswell, the Director of Programs for Mirac Week, Jonathan Pinzon, Director of Government Affairs for Invenergy in Mexico, and Carlos Abad, head of LATAM Markets for Chint Power Systems. And I go into different elements with each of these guys. If you've listened to previous Know Before You Go episodes like last year's Intersolar or SPI episodes, then you know we like to highlight both what the show is about, but also how you can optimize your time on the show floor and in the conference sessions. Today, I spend much less time on the tips and tricks for showing up well at a conference, so if you indeed are interested in those, I do strongly recommend, again, go back to the archives and listen to SPI episode from last September, which is chock full of those tidbits on how to make the most of the show. If you go to mysuncast.com and look for that, you'll find a link to it in the show notes for today's episode. Heck, while you're there, do check out more than 150 other inspiring and influential leaders' stories. You can actually search each episode by name or topic if you just scroll down to the very bottom of the homepage. There's a little pro tip for you. Now, get ready for more valuable insights so that you can know before you go to Mirac Week here on Suncast. All right, we'll kick it off with Jamie Dowswell, Program Director of Renewable Energy for UBM Informa Markets. Jamie is responsible for content speakers partnerships basically putting together the things that you would recognize as the the program side the learning and knowledge base side of mirec mirec has for years been the platform where most people will show up uh it's kind of considered the largest renewable energy conference for mexico Historically, was owned and run, launched by Green Power. We interviewed Nadim Chaudhry back uh, in the fall of last year to talk about that. Coincidentally, around that time, Mirek was sold as a package to a company called UBM, a very large events company. Jamie will tell us a bit about how the event transition is going and why this makes sense for Mirek. 
And also for those of you down in Latin America and South America who recognize AIRREC, which is the Argentina show that also was acquired. So without further ado, Jamie, welcome to Suncast. Thank you, Nico. Pleasure to be here. Fantastic, man. How's the, uh, how's the transition for you, transitioning over from Green Power to UBM? Look, it's going well in terms of the, the event itself. Mirac Week continues to be Mirac Week. One of the biggest advantages that we've had with the transition is that we now have a Mexican-based marketing and operations team with a, a kind of, I suppose, satellite office out here in London. So I'm based in London with three colleagues, but the majority of operations are run out of Mexico. And I think for a number of years, people were asking if we had a local presence in Mexico, how did we run the event? entirely from London. So the good thing about this, this, this transition and this sort of acquisition is that now we have a really strong team based in Mexico helping us out with all sorts of things on the ground to prepare for Mirac Week and also during Mirac Week as well. And it's worth mentioning, not only did Mirac and Eric get acquired by UBM, but then subsequently UBM got bought by Informa Market. So you guys are continually getting aggregated up into the larger companies with more capacity and wherewithal and a deeper bankroll to compete against uh, some of the other uh, events out there. It sounds to me like it's worth mentioning then that Mirac Week, as the, uh, I would say, the de facto, the most well-known, the longest-running renewable energy conference in Mexico, is turning the corner and instead of focusing explicitly on attracting folks from outside into the market, really looking at how to grow a homegrown Mexico market. Is that accurate? Yes. Uh, I think in the past, historically, we've been well-known for getting a lot of international players to Mirac Week. So a lot of folks from the USA, a lot of people coming over from Europe, China as well. So what we have been looking at doing in the past couple of years in particular is um, seeing how we can grow our, our Mexican audience as well and attendees from Mexico. Now, one of the key factors in that, I think, Historically as well, Mirac Week has been known as uh, an event that's focused predominantly on large-scale projects and utility-scale projects. What we've been doing over the past two, three years is focusing a lot more on the distributed generation side of things as well. Obviously, with DG, you're more inclined to have attendance from people based in the country where you're hosting the event. So some of the initiatives we're doing this year in order to grow our Mexican audiences, for example, we have a, a pavilion on the exhibition floor uh, with uh, probably about 7 to 10 of Mexico's largest distributors for solar products. And they're helping us by marketing to their uh, databases of, of mm -hmm. solar installers and residential installers as well. So we anticipate a, a stronger representation from, uh, from the Mexican side of things this year for sure. Well, you mentioned some of the things programmatically that you're thinking about. You're the program director, you decide basically the education pathway for the event outside of the expo hall floor. How do you think about what a program should look like for Mirac Week now coming into this sort of new world? I mean, a lot's happened in the last year with Mexico, with the new presidency, the reform. How do you think about what the program should look like? Similarly, what is the market looking to, to hear from Mirac Week or why are folks looking at attending this year? Well, look, I think with the advent of the internet age, there's so much information online uh, that's available these days. And I think why people come to Mirac Week and our events is to cut through the layer of information that they get online to really get a sense of what's happening in the market. In order for us to ensure that we have the most relevant and topical content year upon year, what I will do is 
five to six months out from from the event, uh, start talking with the market, start researching with professionals who are based in Mexico, but also for professionals looking at the Mexican market as a potential opportunity. And what I'll do is I'll talk to them about you know what areas they're focusing on, where are their key challenges in the market, what would they like to see at a conference like this that's not available online, for example, or that's not at other events. Based on that information, essentially, we put together the key themes and different conference streams uh, that take place at the event. So, for example, uh, this year at Murek, we, we were focusing on more or less four, six different areas of content. So we're, of course, going to be looking at the presidency of, of AMLO and, and his new government. We're hoping to have a bit more information come out in the next week with regards to the national electricity framework. But we hold this, uh, so sort of watch this space. We'll look at the economy in Mexico as well, of course, and what impact that has on the energy sector. But then I think what Mirac Week is great at is, is that we basically focus on the entire clean energy sector. So we're going to be focusing on distributed generation, of course, not only on the CNI side, but on the residential solar side. We'll look at finance and investment in renewable energy. We'll look at the development of Mexico's grid or, or lack of development of Mexico's grid, depending on how you're looking at it, as well as the advent of energy storage with some rumblings coming out lately from the government about potentially incorporating some regulatory frameworks focusing on energy storage. Of course, we'll look at utility scale project development. So what's been happening over the past year, but also the remaining projects from the uh, electricity auctions that are set to be built over the next two to three years as well. And for the first time, we'll look at the O&M side. So operations and maintenance as some of these large scale solar projects in Mexico are reaching maturity, what we're looking to do is focus on you know, what people need to consider, what project owners need to consider on the O&M side. And then finally, we're also going to be focusing on the needs and challenges of corporate energy users. So those large energy users in Mexico who are interested in incorporating clean energy within their energy mix. We're also looking at different ways of improving their sustainability record and also improve energy efficiency as well. So if there is a topic in clean energy in Mexico, I would say it's being covered at Murek Week more or less. Sounds like it. And uh, I remember last year you had had a session with Grupo Bimbo and and Grupo Modelo and a handful of others. It was one session, as I recall. Is it going to be more expanded than that this year or is the buyer viewpoint going to be incorporated into a specific track? So the track we're looking at will take place. So all of the tracks I just mentioned will take place over the three days. So the way that the event is more or less structured is we have some keynotes that take place in the morning, Mm -hmm. which deal with more of the macro economic issues, but also some of the more strategic level um, topics and themes. Then what we'll do is we will break out into the uh, five tracks that are taking place. Now, in terms of... All five um, tracks on this in a single time frame? Uh, so they're all taking place concurrently alongside one another. Yeah. So often we get complaints that um, people can't get to all the sessions that they want to because we've got two sessions on at once that are equally interesting. But I'm sure that um, you know there's an opportunity to speak with some of the speakers who are on some of the panels and also to sort of get a, a quick summary from someone who was in the session if they're unable to make it. Well, and this but, year you're going to have the uh, the chance for folks to buy afterwards the subscription, right, to see the videos. That's right. So this year, for the first time, we're working with a company called uh, Expo 365. What they'll be doing is filming all of the sessions that are taking place at Murek Week, and then they're going to be uploading them online as a source of content for, mm-hmm. for people who want to basically catch up on some sessions they missed. Because I think these days, events perhaps are even more about networking than content. So it's understandable. 
if you've got three days stacked with meetings and you can't get to one or two different panels. So that platform will be ready to go online about one week after Miracle Week. And so we will also be sending information about that to all the registered attendees too. One of the things that you mentioned is, you know, we've got these different tracks for those, just as a shameless plug, I'll be chairing the distributed generation track, which I expect you all to be attending. <laughs> and uh, and we'll, we'll be rocking out there with some really, really interesting sessions. And I get to satiate my own uh, fear of missing out now, thanks to XO365. This is not a paid plug for them, by the way. I just think that it's a really smart move by you guys doing that. Are there any particular outside of the tracks and the morning sessions and obviously the expo hall where most of us will be gathering? Are there particular events or moments that you think we should highlight? Absolutely. I mean, as I just alluded to, I think a lot of the uh, reason why we get people coming back to Merit Week is not only do they get to meet a very senior level of attendee and hear the content that they're looking for, but you know what? We have fun. We have a lot of fun at Miracle Week. So we all we always have loads of networking events going on, and this year is no different. So mm-hmm. we do have a premium dinner on the Monday night, which is open to any premium pass holders and speakers. Of course, I'm hoping to see you there, Nico. Indeed. Um, that'll be taking place at an Argentinian Steakhouse just near the WTC, and also just a chance to, I guess, chill out, have a glass of wine, but at the same time, you know, develop those networks and contacts that you're looking to. Uh, while you attend the event. And then Tuesday, we, of course, have the, the Miracle Awards. It's, it's Mexico. A not-to-miss event right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's taking place at El Lago Restaurant. And essentially, it's a, a real good chance for people to let their hair down and also celebrate some of the best and brightest in Mexico's renewable energy sector. Because I tell you what, I don't think there's any other awards ceremonies out there focused just on renewables in Mexico. So we're always really happy to see people get recognized for the hard work that they do. So those are two standout networking events. But you know what? Every day on the exhibition floor, we're going to have networking cocktails. Um, there's, of course, networking lunches going on. So you more or less have a, a three days of um, a, a lot of different meetings to do and a lot of structured networking as well. How do you find out about the networking lunches? I've been invited to a handful of them through the years, but always it was someone coming up and saying, hey, are you going to this thing? And I, I just kind of walked in with them. Uh, well, this year, I think if you have uh, a conference pass, a basic or a premium uh-huh. pass, the networking lunch is essentially open to anybody with those passes. So right. it's not a secret, but in previous years, we have hosted um, special VIP lunches. This year, we won't, but we do have two workshops taking place, two sponsored workshops. One is going to be uh, run by Extender, which is the Andalusian export agency with some really great Spanish companies talking about some of their work on the EPC side. Mm-hmm. And then we also have an invitation-only NL Green Power workshop, which is going to be focusing on bilateral PPAs and how you can buy energy from clean energy sources in Mexico. But that one is, uh, I'm afraid it's going to be have to, have to be one that you attend only if you get a special email in your box from myself or one of my colleagues. Once you're committed and getting ready to be on site, how can attendees optimize their experience? Well, each year at Mirac Week, at least for the past uh, three years, uh, we have developed a special a dedicated networking application. So this application, I think, you know, it, to be honest, within two years, I don't see us having printed event guides anymore. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're gearing towards, you know, a digital uh, only sort of event, I think. And this application has everything you need to know about Mirac Week. So we're going to have the full program in there, all the latest speakers, as I'm sure you're aware, speakers chop and change even one or two days before the event. So everything on there is going to be completely up to date. But I think most importantly, the most interesting aspect of it is you can arrange meetings and send messages to every single other attendee at Miracle Week through the messaging uh, function in the application. So that's a real boon for us in particular. Where do you see that people are using the app in creative ways? And I might also ask for someone who's trying, I see a lot of folks, I'm guilty of it myself, 
they'll go in on Sunday night and they'll try to like drink from the fire hydrant of the app and schedule a bunch of meetings. It, the app for meeting setting opens when, and do you have any best practices for leveraging the app and being on site and really getting the most out of the experience? So by the time this uh, podcast goes out, it'll be ready to go. So anybody who's registered for, for Mirac Week will have access to the app as of uh, you know four or five days before the event even. And what we do find is, and very much like you just mentioned, a majority of uptake, I would say 90% happens on the Saturday and Sunday before Mirac yeah. Week, as, as is uh, the sort of the classic way in Latin America, yeah. So, yeah, uh, well, I, my, my pro tip there would be if you're hearing this on Thursday or Friday, go ahead and just spend a half hour at least identify the folks who have already registered on the app, get ahead, get in your name and folks inbox. The app has proven as a, a very, very effective way to schedule meetings uh, for me and other colleagues in years past. So I think it's a fantastic solution. Well, Jamie, I know you've got to run. I've got to move on to Jonathan Pinson. Looking forward to further digging into how to best take advantage of uh, Mirac Week. Look forward to seeing you in a few days down in Mexico City, my friend. Absolutely, Nico. Looking forward to seeing you down there sharing a beer and a tequila. Absolutely. And again, if you are on the fence about what sessions, what tracks to attend, definitely prioritize the distributed generation track that I'll be chairing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. And, and get your premium tickets. The dinner, uh, the premium dinner and the Mirac Awards are not to be missed. Jamie? Absolutely. Thanks, Nick. I just one final thing. If, if anybody uh, is uh, still keen to register, they can do so right up until the, the Monday that the event takes place. So they can uh, visit www.mirakweek.com. We've got registration buttons on there that gives them all the information. Otherwise, they can uh, get in touch with the UBM Mexico offices. Fantastic. You can also email me and I'll drop you the link for my registration code as well. There are a handful of registration codes out there that will get you some additional benefits and I'll just plug our good friends at MERM, the Mexico, the Mujeres en Energía Renovable in Mexico that also are bringing a strong contingent to Mirac every year. Thanks a lot, folks, and uh, stay tuned. We're going to jump over to Jonathan Pinzon of Invenergy. Hey, Warrior, are you a solar developer or would-be solar developer who just constantly finds yourself a little stumped in the area of engineering or looking for software that might help you with developing your solar project? Let me introduce you to FTC Solar, a leader in solar project engineering powered by their cutting edge Sundat software and featuring their new Voyager single access tracker. If you're in the utility scale solar market, FTC Solar has products and services that can improve your project from concept through construction. You can find them at ftcsolar.com or you could just go to mysuncast.com and click on the FTC Solar banner ad. Hey, Warrior, if you are just getting around to buying your passes for Mirac, you can use the code SUNCAST20 to get 20% off of any event pass. In addition, you can just use the code SUNCAST at checkout to get a free Expo Hall pass if you just plan to skip the conference altogether. But I hope that you don't skip the conference because, as I mentioned, I'll be chairing the distributed generation track each day, bringing you tons of great content relevant for building your solar business in Mexico. And the following week, I'll be in Atlanta, for Solar Power Southeast, where I'll be moderating a panel discussion with the SIA Regulatory and Congressional Affairs team all about what SIA is doing for you inside the Beltway. I hope that you can make that show as well. Definitely let me know if you're going to be in Hotlanta and let's get together. Stay tuned to my newsletter and my LinkedIn and Twitter feeds. That's at Nico Mayo and ICOMEO, where I always share my discount codes for registering for these events as well as my insights into the wild world of 
clean energy and climate action. And now, back to the action for this episode. All right, next we have Jonathan Pinson, Director of Government and Regulatory Affairs for Invenergy, living in, working in, and deeply understanding the Mexico market, uh, having been active for quite some time in renewables broadly, and especially in the state of uh, this implementation of the reform in Mexico. Many are wondering how that's going. So I thought we'd have Jonathan on just to talk a bit about the state of the industry. We'll dive down a bit on what that means for you as you consider how to get into uh, the Mexico market or how to develop your strategy further. So without further ado, Jonathan, welcome to Suncast. Thanks, Nico, for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. We mentioned it a bit in the lead up here. But I would love to hear from you, your thoughts on the state of the industry here. We're halfway through Q2 2019, heading into an exciting time in Mexico. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, this period of time, a lot of us that we've been active in Mexico for a while are already executing our projects. So I would say for some of us, it's very exciting times uh, seeing the actual fruit of, of all that hard work of figuring out the contractual models for companies that were, you know, doing projects through the auction mechanisms to actually starting to execute and, and delivering those products. And and that provides a very interesting kind of set of of opportunities and possibilities, you know, because once you are in execution mode, your whole frame changes. It's when you're growing offices is when you're hiring plant managers. And for us at Invenergy, I think this is what we've been really working towards for the last, you know, five years since the since the company started operations here in Mexico. Uh, it's been a long time coming, but having finally being able to stand on one of those sites and see the fruit of all that hard work from people that were before us is very re- rewarding. And and I think there's a sense across the industry of accomplishment, and that's something that we we I think that's. That's how we start the year. Uh, obviously, times change, policy changes, uh, but that's a reality across the world, right? And across the industry, I don't think there's been a big period of time where nothing much changes, and especially in the last 20 years. I mean, the growth of the industry, the changes, uh, technological changes, all of that contributes. And I think that's where we are at right now in Mexico. It's a period of transition, change, movement, but also execution. On the tip of everyone's tongue for the last you know, two plus years is energy reform. In fact, prior to your role at Invenergy, you were very active in the market as your previous uh, role suggested, keeping up to date with industry trends and new regulations and interacting with stakeholders. Perhaps you could give us an update from your perspective and vantage point on the utility side of the, of the market. What's the state of implementation right now in the wholesale market, which essentially was driving a lot of the reform? What do you see as the sense, the general sense in the marketplace of how the wholesale market's rolling out? You're on the utility side. Do you see a, a change in excitement or a change in, for lack of a better word, I might say energy towards that market? And if so, where are folks focusing their efforts right now? I would just probably start with saying that we are still in the process of the implementation of the market. There are aspects of the market that have not completed. Um, and I mean, just to point to one, derechos financieros de transmisión, the financial transmission rights, auctions have not happened. That is creating 
complications for different participants, specifically for load-serving entities trying to supply to the growing commercial and industrial segment. So I think this is an ongoing process of conversations between different stakeholders. I mean, every single month we are gathering in industry associations, talking about some of the missing pieces and how do we make sure that we create the environment where, where all those missing regulations and market implementation can actually happen. But we do see a renewed interest and in probably, again, saying a renewed energy on the side of qualified suppliers. There are different qualified suppliers that are very active in the market. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily all of them, but there's a important group that are out there looking for energy or are looking out there to help their customers, their industrial loads, to manage uh, their participation in the market. And that creates a different kind of dynamic that we had not seen yet. It had been the, the weakest link to really take off as a process of the Electric Industry Act of 2014. And it's very rewarding to actually start to see some of those important companies starting to execute. I get the sense that despite uncertainty around exactly how the utility scale market and the wholesale market is going to roll out, there's a sense of growth. I got that from Jose in my conversations with him. I sense it from you. You guys aren't involved in the distributed generation side of the the market, but from what I understand, the policy actions really don't invalidate what the industry as a whole is doing. What's your take on the path forward? As you say, it's exciting that we're starting to finally see these first fruits. The overall goals have not really changed. Recently, the National Development Plan here in Mexico ratified the 35%, actually increased it by a little 35.8% by 2024. That's the that amount of renewables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, that's the amount of clean energy generation by 2024, mm-hmm. uh, which again, in Mexico, clean energy... Clean is, energy is different, yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it adds additional energy sources like nuclear mm-hmm. and efficient cogeneration. But that overall goal has been there since 2012. Mm-hmm. The mechanisms and the instruments to achieve that goal have changed. So through 2012... It was mostly driven by the industrial sector buying or developing their own renewable energy generation. After the electric industry law in 2014, the auction mechanism was the primary driver towards moving towards trying to achieve that goal. Mm. Now we'll have to figure out what the new tools and mechanisms are. But I think that what the government so far has said and what they've stated throughout different policy documents is that they do not see that goal as changing. The goal is there. question is how, right? And I think that's where the very useful conversations should happen throughout the next month and next few months. And certainly throughout, throughout next week as we go into Miric. You know, as we're planning to, many of us head in from out of the country to convene with you all who are the locals in the market. Uh, the question everyone's mind at some level is, what's the market that we should be focusing on? Is there even a utility market to think of right now? Obviously, depending on your business model, whether you focus on auctions or, or, or uh, distributed generation, you are going to be less or more excited. So as a final take, what might make a company uh, interested and want to be active in Mexico right now? It all depends, I guess, on the risk profile, on the interest, the business acumen of each company. But for a company, I would say in the similar business as in Benergy and talking strictly from a generation viewpoint, Mexico has a confluence of very good energy resources, access to natural gas, 
a growing residential, commercial, industrial demand. Those two aspects create windows of opportunity and necessity. Obviously, CFE is going to be by far always the most important aspect of this market, and we we need to work with them. Uh, and, and again, part of the big message is understanding the needs of the country, understanding the needs of the big dominant player here. And that creates different spaces of opportunity that can be filled by companies that develop projects, right? So we as a developer obviously have done projects. Uh, we have one project that was done through the third long-term power auction that it's in full execution mode. We'll be seeing the fruits of that early next year. But other projects that we're doing have are completely different, right? No, so, so now it's really been about understanding not only the needs of final end users, but also the needs of the system. And I think that's where you know a, ba- a lot of value can be created, not only looking and trying to pursue the specific resource. You're not following the wind. You are following also the needs of the system. And that's where I think companies right now have a lot of potential benefit in adding to the electric industry in Mexico by focusing on the solutions that will make sense regardless of what the specific policy priorities are. The mechanisms, that's something we will need to work out. We're going into a market right now where distributed generation is becoming all the rage. And uh, now we're going to segue over to our friend Carlos Abad at Chint Power Systems, who has been building a lot of the business for Chint uh, on the back of uh, the burgeoning distributed market. We'll say goodbye to you for now, Jonathan, but we'll see you next week in Mexico and look forward to catching up there. Thanks, Nico. Look forward to seeing you there. All right. As we discussed in our previous segment with Jonathan Pinson, now we are transitioning over to a discussion about the burgeoning up and coming distributed generation market. And to do so, we're going to interview Carlos Abad, the head of Latin markets for Chant Power Systems. Welcome to Suncast, Carlos. Well, thank you, Nico, for having me. Happy to be here. According to the questions, there there is big benefit to doing business in the distributed generation in Mexico, uh, especially now that the utility sector has kind of closed out. There are still some PPAs, PPAs being built, but everything is being looked by a magnifying glass on the utility scale. On the distributed generation, on the other hand, it's completely not looked and there is huge opportunities. The utility... CFE, CRES, and ASE, as we've seen before, went bankrupt, and now they need to make money. They cannot no longer subsidize the whole market. And so this brings a ton of business for the small manufacturers in Mexico, because Mexico is a country that builds almost everything. This is the moment where distributor generation is actually taking off and not being overlooked from the utility sector that we've been used to see in Mexico. And now that the subsidies have gone down, now the price of the energy has gone up, and now we could see returns of investments in between three to five years for the systems. I mean, there's, there's not much to say to that. It's perfect business right now for distributor generation in Mexico. We do see a lack of education. We do see a, a lack of the regulatory or legislation to be clear for the people. And so that brings a lot of mistakes when we install the systems because nobody, actually the end user does not know what it's being put up. So, so that is a problem. 
And it's a problem because there's uh, both a lack of certification on the installer side to know of, to, to have the appropriate quality control, but also there isn't yet a universal standard applied. Uh, it's my understanding that the uh, the NOM certification is mirroring very much the National Electric Code of the United States. Is that accurate? That is accurate completely on the 2017 code, but it has not come out and there is no enforcement date. There is no date to know when it's going to come mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So in, in a real sense, from a consumer's perspective, it's the Wild West because you could not only have someone propose to install that is uh, unqualified, but they could be very qualified, but installing the very cheapest thing that's uncertified anywhere. Yeah, that's definitely a problem. But you, you said something very interesting, the Wild West, you know, and when there is a Wild West, that means there is a lot of opportunities. And when there is opportunities, there is investment as we are coming into Mexico to invest in this segment of the, of the industry. But there is that sense of the wild, wild west where there is no control. And that's a limitation because people could come and put anything they want. And what we want to do and what we're pushing for is to have reliable, secure, well-done solar systems for the customers. And bankable transactions as well based on uh, market regulations that support continued growth year over year. So a lot of folks are coming in to Mexico, as you and I are, to be at the MIREC week. It's clear that the distributed generation track in particular is going to be be a hot spot for activity. How would you advise someone coming down maybe to their first MIREC how to optimize their time? MIREC has taken a shift from being a utility-faced show to now being a distributed generation type of show. I'm also very interested to see what's new, who is going to be there. I'm also eager to see a lot of the friends and to talk about what's going to happen in the industry. So that's one of the biggest benefits, that there is a lot of concentration of bright minds going to the show to understand what is new, what's happening, and what Mirek is going to do to, to change that forward from being utility to distributed generation. I recommend, as, as you guys are coming for the first time to the show, is that we have manufacturers for all kinds of equipment, for modules, inverters, racking. Um, there's legislators in there, people from the CREA, from Senasi, from CFA. It's very important that you get an understanding of how the system works. Also get educated. There's going to be amazing panelists talking about the whole industry and what's happening and where we're going. So... If it's your first time, if it's your second time, there's always time to learn. There's always somebody to meet and there's always incredible conversations that could actually take your business to the second level and make a profitable business. That's the most important to me at the end of the day. Carlos, we echo your enthusiasm and excitement for this regeneration market and believe that this year's Mirac is going to be one for the ages, one for not only education, but networking as usual. It is the the hotspot, the hub of the doers, the makers and the action takers in the market, of which you are one. Thank you for joining us on Suncast and I look forward to seeing you down there next week. Thank you, Nico. I am going to be shamed to the Chin Power Systems booth. You're welcome to pass by, have a chat with me and as well as everybody that is listening to this podcast. I'm looking forward to seeing you there, collaborating, talking about your systems, progressing and bringing a sustainable business 
platform for everybody. Well, if it's anything like last year or the other trade shows, given that you have your booth right at the uh, trade show entrance, there will be a healthy collection of industry veterans gathered around at most points in the day. Carlos, take care. We'll, uh, we'll chat with you soon. Hey, having gone to Murek Week and countless other shows for more than a decade, I can tell you that trade shows are a thing that are both invigorating and filling of energy as well as sapping your energy. You're going to need a lot of time and attention and self-care. There are, as I've mentioned before, lots of good goodies and tips in the SPI Know Before You Go episode back from September. I encourage you to go take a listen to that. Load it up, cue it up in your podcast player of choice, Spotify or Pocket Casts or the iTunes app or Overcast. There's tons of them. Make sure you get these episodes queued up so you can listen to them on your flight down. Don't forget, speaking of apps, to download the Trade Show app, as Jamie suggested. You can find that at Mirek Week. Dot com. There are lots of things to look at at miratweek.com. Most of all, I would suggest that you go download the agenda so you'll know what's happening at this show through the networking portal that just went live. You have an opportunity, an awesome opportunity to set up meetings and really plan out your days. So I'd encourage you to do that. For those of you that like to just meander the hallways, certainly swing by the uh, Chin Power Systems booth which is right up front, the Allian Energy booth where I'll be, which is just across from Chimp Power Systems. Of course, you can come see me at my Suncast Media booth, number 83, and learn more about a new project that I'm kicking off at Mirac Week. Really excited to talk more about that. You know, my own tip for making it through what ends up being very long days is hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. And I always carry along with me extra snacks. Usually these are healthy snacks, almonds, nut butter bars, some green smoothie uh, dry packets. But make sure you've got something in your bag just in case. You never know if you have to skip lunch. Avoid the coffee on the show floor. I know it's tempting, but really grab a bottle of water. It'll have a lot more efficacy than what ends up being rather terrible trade show coffee at any rate. I do encourage you to have a plan for business cards and know how you're going to follow up after this show because after all the only reason you're going is to meet people and to try to get business so don't squander that opportunity by letting those business cards just sit in a stack on your desk for however long it takes to get back to them have a plan going in and uh, try to work through them within a week give yourself a, a challenge and a reward within a week of the trade show get through those cards let me know if you've gotten through all your trade show cards and follow up at Nico Mayo on Twitter or at LinkedIn. If you're looking for more connections, you can definitely reach out to me through the show as well as on LinkedIn. I'm always looking to help folks connect. And though it may be hardest of all, perhaps the best piece of advice in a week full of activity is simply to try and get some rest. Don't try to pack every single thing in. Be strategic. Go to bed early like an adult. <laughs> I know many of us will not be doing that, but get some rest. That was Abby Hopper's number one tip. And hey, Abby's the president and CEO of SIA. She tends to do a lot at these trade shows when she's there, but she prioritizes sleep and getting in the bed before midnight. Let that be another challenge for you this coming week. 
Hey, thanks a ton for checking out this episode, Solar Warrior. If you are going to be in Mexico next week, do let me know on LinkedIn or Twitter, all right? To learn more about today's guests or past episodes, just click on that listen link over at mysuncast.com. That'll take you to the episodes page. There you'll get the show notes, social media, and website links, and many other goodies covered in each and every episode. While you're there, I definitely hope you'll check out our Suncast tribe, where you could be part of my inner circle of solar warriors and trusted advisors. Just click on the member button to see how you could get access to uncut interviews and tribe exclusives that don't make it into the public Suncast feed. And of course, when you do subscribe to the newsletter, you'll be notified when the next episode is out, or perhaps where else I will next be in the world. You know, I'm so happy that you chose to be here again this week, and I hope to see you again next week for another industry pioneer interview with the one and only Gary Gerber of Sun, Light, and Power. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.